Good afternoon and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Friday, February 11th, a cloudy and cold day here in Chicago. It's Super Bowl weekend. I'm pumped. The markets are moving. I'm feeling good. Brett, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Little nicer than that here in Vegas. It's basically spring already. Let's do it. I'm excited. We've got a lot to go over here today in our NFT Super Bowl preview episode. So we're going to start right there. We're going to talk through which NFTs we think may or may not make an appearance in the big game. Then we're going to talk CryptoPunks in disarray on the Sotheby's auction news. We're going to hit some macro overview and talk a little bit about the bull bounce we're seeing here this morning. Then we're going to take a look at the Flips Finance Board and take a look at the weekly winners and losers. For one-on-ones, we're going to take a look at X-Copy and do a highlight on Ribbon Ribbon. Then we're going to hit the floors at WGMI.io. Then we're going to end the show taking a look at a few upcoming drops, Serial Club, and Invisible Friends. So a lot to cover. Let's go ahead and dive in. All right, so our, our first story, we're going to start with the Super Bowl. Uh, to our viewers, I will apologize. We had a few tweets to screen share here. Twitter went down right before the live show. Uh, so we'll just do our best uh, to talk to them. But certainly anyone who's been following the NFT you know, Twitter sphere over the last few weeks, it's been a lot of hype around, are we going to see NFTs in commercials in the halftime show? Um, you know, Earlier this week, I showed a betting line that had the Board Ape Yacht Club heavily favorited. at Board Ape Yacht heavily favorited to make an appearance in the halftime show. I think that that line has since moved back down a bit. Um, but first, I want to talk gambling line over-under. I'm going to set the over-under number of NFTs that make an appearance in the Super Bowl at three and a half. What's your – are you over or under? I'm, I'm going to go under. I think, like, uh, I, mean, I would love it to be over, and it very well could be. I think that we're in potentially a little bit of – a bubble like in the nft space right it's very um all consuming and then to the rest of the world it's like no one cares that much and although i think it, was it the budweiser ad that that they already leaked it where they have like a nouns just like on the shelf right so it's not really like hey everybody nft but it's there right so i, th I think we might see more of that where they kind of sneak it in so you get you get the the attention from the nft uh echo chamber and then you're also not getting all these angry normies like buds doing nfts i'm never drinking a bud again you know so we might see more than that but i'm still going under i think it's you know there's never been an nft super bowl ad and now people think that it's just going to be every ad i don't know i'm going over and i'm gonna walk through my, my thought process so right. you you alluded to budweiser so we've, we've already seen hints from budweiser and bud light i haven't been able to keep them straight but one of yeah. them is doing has shown the noun eyes. So I think we've got a shot at the nouns project being highlighted. And then I'm looking at the cryptodes Twitter page right now. Um, and they, they are, would make sense with bud, right? Cause didn't bud have the uh, frogs or something or. Exactly. It was one of their, their iconic Super Bowl commercials. I think it was from 11 years ago, 11 or 14. I was talking with a few folks about it earlier where it was the cabin and it had the frogs saying bud wise or well, yeah, cryptodes yeah. tweeted bud vibes or uh, which is pretty catchy. So I, I, 
I feel that like that one is a lock to make some kind of appearance or else it's just a lot of hype, but either way it's fun. But so here's my, here's my list. So nouns, cryptos, I'm counting is going to be in. And I think board Ape yacht club is going to make an appearance in the super bowl. There's the, the halftime show performers are BAYC owners um, with all the hype. I feel like we're going to see something. So then I just need one yeah, more, need one more random wild card to, to hit full and hit the over. And I want to ask you uh, thoughts on long shots. So I think those are the more, cause if you could call any super bowl at a conservative bet, those are my conservative bets. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the number one long shot is Larva Labs and CryptoPunks, right? Everybody's been trashing these guys. They've been going through, you know, just a bad run between V1 and then between Larva themselves, you know, essentially doing nothing ever and, and the market, you know, moving on to some extent. Like, they got lapped by, by Bored Ape. Number one thing, you know, and again, they signed with that talent agency six months ago. I haven't heard anything from that. So that to me is like the number one dark horse that would like, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, they have the capital, they have the connections to, to get involved there. Uh, they don't seem to want to market much, but. I'm with you there. I think that's smart. I think a, a corollary to that thesis is also MoonPay. So I think MoonPay is a wild card. You know, they've yeah. been famously buying board apes and crypto punks lately in so I could world see... of women and doodles i believe with moon pay both of which uh would not surprise those would be along with punks that you know are the kind of more obvious contenders so all four of those might make an appearance and then yeah, I mean, I mean, it's possible <laughs> my last uh long shot is nike so you know, nike just released their first nft with monolith yeah in the, in the clone x family um, you know, I could certainly see them pulling something. Of course, they've got the, you know, the marketing budgets to do it. So that's yeah. my thoughts. Um, but I'll say I'm more excited for the Super Bowl than I have been in a while. And I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. Yeah, to the-, uh, the ads. I, I like the Bengals, man. So I'm going to be watching the game. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Go Bengals. Yeah. All right. Moving on, our second news story. And it looks like Twitter maybe back here all right so we're going to show this tweet from ox650d uh, from earlier this week today i'm excited to announce my partnership with sotheby's to create the highest profile nft sale of all time so he's heavily touting his uh his auction here and essentially what it is is a lot of 104 crypto punks mostly floor uh crypto punks so this came out on february 8th so yeah, Tuesday, right as we were doing the, the show earlier th- this week. And it, it sent the, the punks, Discord, Twitter into just pretty much absolute chaos. Some folks immediately started rushing for the exits. A little bit of, of history on this. So the owner of the 104 punks, um, he actually created a fractional vault last summer in August, kind of in peak punk mania, NFT mania, uh, famously to, to give lower cost entry to more folks, you know, which seemed like a a good actor move. Well, the reality is he ended up pulling that auction down off fractional. I think he met the reserve. He lowered the reserve, met it, pulled the punks down. And I think most people who invested in that fractional came out as a loss on that trade. So this, this guy's a clown. 
Yeah, not not a great history. And then people were digging up his some older tweets and like Discord comments, and he basically said, you know, after he finished buying these 104, that he's never selling or something. It's and in here this, he is. The uh, yeah, there's I don't know if it's in this thread, but there the tweet of him never selling. He said he's never selling. You know, six months later, this is the most absurd thing to me. Uh, if you go, if you keep scrolling down. Yeah, let's um, go through this. I simply, the last tweet, I simply could not pass up the opportunity to elevate CryptoPunks in the international art community. Okay, you're dumping all 104 of yours for a profit after you said you're never going to sell them. You're not missing, it's not about, oh, I'm just trying to elevate this thing. You you have none left. You're selling them all. So you don't give a shit about elevating them in the community. You're like, oh, I really want them to do well, even though I sold my entire bag. Get the fuck out of here. This guy is a clown. Fuck off. I'm with you. I think his approval rating is at about 0%. I'd say like, this is the most see-through thread I've ever seen, uh, you know, trying to come off as a good actor. After it's insane. Dumping like, you have to think people are stupid. If you're like most people in crypto punks are like relatively intelligent, right? They either got lucky as hell and are dumb and somehow stumbled into this, you know, six figure, uh, asset or like you know you're probably pretty sharp to some extent like these aren't morons that are going to buy this oh actually that we do have the we do have the tweet so dr yeah. d robot tweet uh, you'll, you'll see in time never selling from july 31st so yeah and i don't even uh, care about saying i'm never selling and like you want to sell it like this last right. thing that i just trying to elevate them in the art community no you're not looking, you're selling your whole bag so like let's talk about price targets so the 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 CryptoPunks floor is holding at 66.67, which I think a lot of people would count as a win. Uh, the floor was like 69 before this announcement. We immediately saw some punks kind of racing for the exits, a few sales in mid-60s, low-60s, but it's kind of held up. For 104 punks, you know, what's where do you think the final auction price settles around? What's your, what's your take? When, when is this auction? It's in two weeks. I don't know. I mean, there's a, you, the buyer pays 10% also to Sotheby's or Christie's, whichever one it's at. Um, 50? I would uh, say, would you, would you put it over under 45? I feel like 45 is probably. I'd take like over. I'd take over 45. That's a big gap. I mean, uh, like punks are not doing great now. And like V1, I think is is really not great. You know, that, that A... Uh, Larva's just trying to pretend they didn't create it and it doesn't exist and it's like evil in some way. And uh, yeah, I'd still go over, especially like they still could do something in the Super Bowl. Maybe, probably not, but maybe. Uh, but like this floor is hanging in there, right? 66 is still like, you talk to some punk owners, you'd think it's 30. Yeah, I mean, it's been blood in the streets type dialogue from from punks owners but i think there's a lot of outs and yeah like like you mentioned if there's a super bowl app it could send things you know back into the stratosphere so let's go just quickly into the macro here um so i'm going to check in on our handy dashboard from dune analytics and take a look at where we're at in february so we're coming in at 1.6 billion so far you know about a third of the way through the month. Um, if we take a look at the daily candles, we came in super strong to start the month, right? We saw an almost all-time high day at 240 million. 
And then it's been mostly down only for the last 10 days. And you know, we know how these NFT markets are. Everyone's so quick to you know flip on a dime, the market sentiments. There, we've seen some panic, but we saw an uptick last night or yesterday rather, and then some big volume overnight. Uh, this morning, we've seen several projects running. Um, so certainly a few bullish indicators the last few days, but I wanted to get your thoughts after the, the last 10 day stretch, were you worried? Did you think it was healthy pullback or kind of what was your position? No, I was, I was, I wasn't worried. I never typically get too attached to like the short term momentum. As you said, it can change quickly. Like you look back at January 23rd range, right? That was like, oh, the sky's falling, right? Low volume. And then, and then everything just started running, you know, the next day, like it's three days of very low volume and then three days where it just ripped. And so I'm pretty used to it at this point. Like my concern is more, um, it's not like the interest or the future of NFTs. Like I think that the, uh, you know, one of the bigger risks is supply. There's a lot more supply coming in too, along with increased demand. And then you see some rugs like squiggles yesterday, right? Where they're selling out. Uh, well, even though they faked a lot of the sales, but like either way, there's, you know, people getting burned on those more expensive plays uh, kind of sours people on the space entirely to some extent. But um, yeah, I think like the demand is here, volume, I expect, um, you know, to, to stay pretty strong. Yeah. I definitely share those sentiments. I mean, I wasn't too worried. It's been 10 days, right? But certainly some of the indicators you mentioned is when all these new products are coming and selling out at one ETH, three ETH, it does suck a lot of the ETH out of the ecosystem, especially when they perform poorly on secondary. And that can cause short-term bear markets. Um, But hopefully we avoid it. But I wanted to share just a few headlines. I posted this on Twitter this morning just for more of the the general space, right? Just in the last 24 hours, a few major headlines related to NFTs. Investment in NFT startups grew from 44 million to 2.2 billion last year. YouTube hinting at verifying NFTs and getting into the metaverse. Zynga launching NFT-based games. JP Morgan calling NFTs a dominant digital asset. McDonald's joining the metaverse. And then Disney saying metaverse is a priority. The, The list just goes on. So, you know, it's hard to be, for me, it's, it's very hard to think that we've topped already as a I agree with that. asset class. I mean, if, to me, this is crypto's breakthrough product, is NFTs. You look at like all the companies that are getting into it, it's every big company, Google, Facebook, uh, whatever, McDonald's, Budweiser, Nike. Um, crypto has been around a while, right? There, but like even in like the ICO boom or whatever, that was mostly random companies. You never had all these behemoths getting involved to the scale that they're getting involved in with nfts with just like regular crypto like i don't hardly any of them even like take bitcoin for example and now they're all um making nft plays so um the space as a whole is like incredibly bullish on again you know you still got to use risk management bankroll management in any individual project because most of them are going to end up uh down long term yeah i am with you All right, well, let's keep going. Let's go ahead and get into our market movers from the week. I'm going to take a look at the seven-day board from Flips Finance, uh, a newer site for us to to start showcasing and highlighting here on the show. And I'm going to do it a little bit differently. Instead of just reading down the list, I want to talk winners and losers uh, from the week. 
certainly number one on the winner's list is Karafuru. Uh, I'll admit, I wasn't, you know, super closely following this project, but 23,000 ETH traded in the week. The floor is up at five ETH after the reveal, up 50%, basically up 50% in the last day. Um, so have you been tracking this project? Or were you surprised to see this? What, were, what was your reaction? I saw like a bit of it pre-reveal. Again, I don't like to play the multi-ETH pre-reveal game, like three to four ETH these were, I think. Um, it obviously can work out really well. Clonex, probably the most bullish recent example. Uh, Azuki is also did well, but then you have Azuna's, you have uh, Killer Girlfriend, and you got a bunch of other ones that flopped. So uh, it's risky, but you know, again, you I, I do like the chance of meeting a rare. But I paid attention. I didn't like it, man. I didn't get it. And it's funny I said in this uh, chat last night. It's funny that um, they start looking better to me as the price goes up. Like at three and a half, I was like, this is ridiculous. Now that they're five, I was like, you know what? They're like, they're starting to grow on me a little bit. It's just funny how that works. It's funny. NFT price bias. Yeah. Related to the quality of art is a real thing. I'm showing to some of the, some of the highest sales. And we, we saw a 100 ETH sale on the high end. I mean, not, not too many projects have top end sales that high. So my friend was looking at buying one of those for 38 uh last night i don't know if he ended up pulling the trigger but it was it was the cheapest legendary or whatever wow so second winner you mentioned azuki i'm gonna call azuki a winner on the week volume was down a bit they still did about 10,000 e the floor was up 17 percent on the week um the the big highlight for them is they're they're doing a fractional drop today for their bobu character so it's a specific nft but it is going to be an important part of the lore of the Azuki story brand metaverse. Um, and the team, the product team is deciding to fractionalize it to essentially give lower cost entry to a larger group of people and also to, uh, to allow them to have some governance over the storyline. Um, so I thought that was cool. I don't know if you've been following the Bobu piece or had much perspective on Azuki. I know it's it's up there from a buy-in perspective at this point, but yeah, I, I haven't paid attention. Like again, I, I didn't buy in when I could have, you know, at a, a affordable, you know, affordable price of like three or whatever. Then once these things run for me, you know, if I could have got it at three, I don't hop in at seven. Right. Even though sometimes it, that's a good way to trade is, is just, you know, letting once the steam gets going, but, um, I just don't like making such expensive buys, but like I'll, I'll do the, I'll revert, you know, if something's 0.2 and it runs to 0.4, I don't mind hopping on then, you know, grabbing a bunch of pieces there. I just don't like the really, uh, the really expensive ones, but Azuki, like uh, one of the, the first day to a ton of big influencers were firing on the rare ones, which is to me a really good sign, like a, a wide range of people spending 50 ETH on, on a project is uh, pretty bullish. So I think if you saw that and you're just like, I'm just going to grab one, that, that made a lot of sense. Yeah, and this is my last point on Azuki is I've seen more and more chatter on Twitter about these Azuki meetups, which I haven't seen too many projects kind of with, with their owners touting about meetups. And the craniums, man, the craniums are all about that. They don't get any love for it. Uh, they also, they just hired another guy, you know, so that team, they're still building, they're working. And just real quick, we talked about like projects, you know, taking ETH out of the system. I really like teams like Cranium's or, you know, whoever, where they actually take the money raised and use it on development. 
right? It's very easy for these people to just rub and like take the cash, right? You raise like one to three million, some of these guys thirty million, but like, and and if you if you can identify teams that are going, it's obviously not one hundred percent, but if you can identify the teams that are actually going to care and like use the funds, and secondary royalties for development, those are the bets I want to be making in this environment because there's so many like pump and dumps and like a lot of these are going to end ugly. Uh, I want to bet on you know actual teams. On that note, let's talk about warps. So WBRPS yeah. by Warp Sound. Let's scroll down here. They had a, a good week at 700 ETH traded up 136%, but a better day. If we talk, take a look at the 24 hour, they're seventh on the 24 hour board, up 200, up 250% in the last day. They, they ran huge overnight. Uh, Cosmo de Medici, he touted this product from the beginning, but he has a newsletter called the Medici Minutes. He mentioned them as the potential next BAYC in his latest newsletter that published last night. And the market took that information and ran with it. I'm going to show the project dashboard for warps. Let's take a look at this floor price. We see pretty much steady point two peaked in early February when everything peaked, fell back down, and then huge god candle up last night. Um, and then if we take a look at the numbers listed, you know, correspondingly, just a huge fall off, about a 50% drop in listings almost um, tied to this run up. So what's your take? I know that you've bought into these. Yeah, this is, this is probably my biggest position. I think um, I bought a bunch of these. I really liked it. Like, again, talking about betting on the team, the founder of Warp Sound, he was head of music at Oculus. And like, you know, resumes are one thing, you know, Harvard, Stanford, like that's not a guarantee. But like these are real people, right? If you look at the teams together, they have a lot of experience in the music and entertainment industries. Um, and I think that's a big edge. So many of these teams are just like some random friends that just like, you know, launch with no plan. This is a legit team. Uh, was, you know, they've raised funding. They have this whole roadmap and plan in mind. And so I was like, I just want to ride with these guys. I actually bought the peak with that 0.4 to 0.45 range on early February. Um, when it when it peaked, I I bought um, I I like I basically overextended right uh, to some extent. Like I didn't save much to to buy the secondary. So when it I bought some secondary too, but early. Then when it hit like 0.15 to 0.2, I was like I still like this project a lot. But I was like I already put so much in. You know, do I really want to keep doubling down? Like my position's large enough as it is. So I think it's a good lesson to like keep some keep a little more in reserve, even though I really liked it. Like my thesis was this long-term bet on the team. It wasn't necessarily, I needed to get in pre-reveal, which I did, you know, sort of just FOMO'd in uh, to a bigger position than I needed to. But, um, you know, again, it's just, I'm not, I'm not selling here either, just long-term. If they run over an ETH, I might, I might sell a couple, but like for now, I'm just holding this. Yeah, I think that's a great lesson. And I did the same thing as you. This is actually one of my bigger positions as well. Um, so, you know, full disclosure, uh, we, we both hold some of these, um, but my average cost basis is probably around 0.4 because I fired early. Yeah. I wish I'd saved back a little bit more just in case of a dip, you know, to scoop up just because I, I wasn't ready with funds, you know, when the floor sat at that point too, uh, for a, a decent amount, but excited to see the market reacting. Hopefully the, the team can pick up some steam. They're on rug radio, uh, every week. They've got a Monday show 
slotted. So that's some good exposure for the team. And uh, th- my bet week. is on those founders. You know, they they, they seem really sharp. Um, yeah. Again, like that's what I'm not looking for the anonymous friends. Like for me, that's over with. I'm not. I'm not like unless it's you know four dates or someone that has a track record. Now, uh, I'm not buying a new project with like anonymous whoever involved because there's like really legitimate teams entering the space already have been in the space and so those are the projects again it's like it's nothing's guaranteed but like that's a box i can check okay team i feel you know they're not going to just take the cash and run right they're going to put it toward development that that's a pretty important box for me to check right now yeah bet on a couple of groups of friends or someone who's running the project like a business and on that note cool cats hired a ceo not too long ago the cool pets drop one of the most anticipated here it was delayed for about 10 days it finally went through on wednesday with the public sale i'm calling them a winner of the week you know the, the floor has held up pretty strong what's what was your take on the cool pets drop i know you were you were anticipating it i was i like i i was like uh saving up for it or whatever and then i ended up so i got on the white list from some twitter thing so i got one at 0.5 i ended up selling it at uh 2.25 and then i was gonna buy up to two more was my plan but um there were too many delays and i didn't like that like they had plenty of time to prepare for this sale they knew the structure of it months out and like the uh reclaiming your pet got delayed allow list got delayed and then the public sale got delayed and so that is like a bit of a red flag when they're building this game right these pets are a game asset it's not a reveal a lot of people didn't even realize that like talk to friends that are he's like i'm gonna buy some of these i'm like you know it's like for a game and he's like oh i didn't know that right i think a lot of people don't realize that so now the same devs that took you know had to delay every portion of the sale are they going to build a game a compelling game i hope so but like i think they're at the very least there's going to be an, a lower entry here at least that's that's sort of my thought process i would still like to to grab some eggs and play the game but i think that the game's probably going to be delayed since everything else has been delayed and people are going to get impatient with these eggs that will then cost time or money to patch I'm with you. I think I share your perspective. I'll admit I was surprised that the floor has held up this well, um, but I think it just goes to show the, the strength of the community. And I think there's a lot of anticipation on this milk token, but, but let's yeah. go ahead and move on. I want to quickly hit the losers of the week and then we'll just move on. Um, but the, the theme, and we alluded to it earlier, it's the post-reveal disasters and dumps. So we had Hate Prime last week. It was out the gate at 8, 9 ETH. It dropped now to 3.8, down 50% on the week. Hype Bears, similar fate. They're down 66% since their reveal. And then maybe the, the worst drop of them all was Lives of Asuna. You know, it traded as high as like 3.4 at one point. It was settling uh, in the around two mid ones before the reveal and then it dumped to 0.3 uh on the on the reveal i think what was surprising to me about asuna is the artwork shouldn't have been that much of a surprise like it, it matches what the artwork on the website is um so were you surprised on the post reveal dump on asunas or what was your take on that? i was surprised it dropped that that far but uh you know again like that's the 
it shows how just sort of cyclical and like hype driven a lot of a lot of the spaces like they 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 were in pre-reveal during this oh anime is the thing right this is the new meta in nfts it's all about anime and like that lasted maybe a week uh, uh, uh after azuki a lot of you know okay let's well, kill a girlfriend and azuna like whatever and like they were all three pre-reveal and then um I, I think a lot of people didn't even look at the art. They were just like, oh, it's anime. That's the meta. I'm just going to buy these. And like the, the Azuki kind of three to 12 run post reveal is, is the exception, not the rule. The three to one is a lot more common, obviously. Um, and like, like hype bears, these are like these nonsense projects that just um, pay for Instagram followers, pay for Twitter followers. Like you see these projects that like haven't launched, they've got 80,000 Twitter followers. It's total nonsense. Like those are not real numbers. And um, it's like all the anonymous teams, roadmaps promising the world. None of these guys are gonna build anything. I'm not talking, I'm not even talking about um, any one of these in particular, but a lot of these Instagram uh, projects. So I really think in this environment it is worth just is there a legitimate team involved? Um, can you identify them? Like, are they doxxed? Are they, you know, do they have a track record? That alone is, is so important because like, there's just straight up scams that are hard to tell. Like they'll just, you can promise whatever and then they're, they're just gonna cash the money out. So that, that, do, do that diligence, find, who's, find the team and then bet on good teams. Uh, I think that's yeah. the way to play this space. And the only way the scams are gonna stop is if people stop minting out all these projects, especially at crazy high price points. So, you know, hopefully the market resets a bit. And the we squiggles can... yesterday, there's a project yesterday, they faked, they did a Dutch auction and they set up all these wallets to buy at the top. So other people thought, oh, people are buying, you know, right here at the gun. So they basically tricked people into buying. It was just a complete scam, you know, and, and they made a bunch of ETH scamming people. And then OSD listed them today. They, they took the, yeah. the collection down. So I think good. And good that move. was an obvious, like I did 200,000 Twitter followers. Like it doesn't make, they've more than cool cats, right? And they haven't launched yet. Like that's not possible. I think also for like perspective, like the Warps team has 14,000 followers on Twitter. So you have 12,000 or 14,000. Yeah. Like we've got unproven products with 200,000. It's a huge It's a joke. Yeah. All right. Well, th that takes us through our winners and losers of the week. Let's get into a few of our rotating segments. Uh, I wanted to pop into one-on-ones quickly. A few headlines. Uh, we did see an X copy sale here this week. Disorder. Um, there's not a, a huge tagline. Just just called your disorder. It's his classic glitch style um, hashtag portrait on it. It sold for 212 ETH, about 650,000. The theme or, that we're seeing here, the trend rather, is prices are going down. You know, DZ bought on secondary for 240 ETH last month. Zinvault got a piece for 212, and then now we're 202. If you're an X copy owner, are you a little nervous here, or just ignore the short short term noise and hold along? I mean, I I just I wouldn't be an X copy owner here personally, only because I would have bought in cheaper and I would have sold at some point for a huge gain had I been in there. Um, I think. I wouldn't be too too terribly worried about it. Um, he he is established probably as like the number one uh, one of one artist. 
maybe people you could put in that mix. There's, there's a short list of like who you could consider to be the top guy, right? And they're not making any more 2018 crypto artists, um, you know? So I feel like his, his legacy is fairly safe. Um, again, you never know what the new wave could come in and say. Like, I don't, I don't, maybe they're actually, he's, you know, not even top five from this era, right? The new people could say, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like the expensive one of one type game. It's, it's its own universe. And typically, if you want to play here, you've got to have a multi year time horizon, I think, uh, or you really have some read on, on a short term trend. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a big fan. I've been on the show. I've, I've called XCopy the GOAT and Crypto Art. I, I'll still stand by that. But I think what's interesting here is just the impact a few whales had last year on price action, right? Like we had Starry Night, Vincent Van Doe, Punk6529, and Cosmo paying higher and higher prices. But if those four aren't bidding, now these pieces are going for 200 ETH and not 1,000 ETH. Yeah. Right? So I think there's an argument to, to be made that some whales kind of artificially, for lack of a better word, inflate the market for a bit. Um, or maybe they're just going after grill pieces. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. But again, but, like Starry Night or whatever, that's a, they have a multi-year time horizon and they have a ton of capital. So it's a very different from most of the people out there. Uh, typically, if you're buying an X copy, especially not an edition, you know, it's probably, I would assume you're quite wealthy and you're not just like firing, you know, half your role on a, on an X copy that you never know. Or you flip the board at Yacht Club into an X copy, which. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's a good trade. Um, so I also wanted to highlight an artist today, uh, Riven Ribbon. He goes by Grant Yoon on Twitter. It, for anyone who follows Super Rare, he's been one of, he's on a hot streak. Uh, basically his entire portfolio has sold out in the last few weeks. His recent mint, uh, I'm going to show it here, is called Marin Headlands. Uh, it, it's got the, the Golden Gate Bridge in, in the background there. Um, he minted it and got a bid on the gun for 12 ETH, which was the highest I believe any of his pieces have gone for, and he snap accepted it. Um, and I believe uh, there's only one or two pieces even listed. Um, so certainly it's been a good week for Ryven. I wanted to showcase his style. So he, he branded the style neo-regionalism. Uh, you know, we, we see as we scroll down, you know, the, the theme or the style of the art piece, right? I, I think what stands out to me is, you know, it, it's very particular, specific. It's very easy to, to pick these out. If I see one of these, like I know right away, you know, this is, arrive in peace in, in most instances, which is always like an important hallmark for me when I'm looking at one-on-one art, you know, his other pieces of his style are, you know, the, the, br the brush strokes, right? The very simplistic reflection of nature or, you know, the, the world around us. So it's been interesting to watch, you know, his arc here over the last few weeks. And there's some big name collectors in the mix. So Zinvault, uh, recently bought a piece. He's been he, he purchased an X copy earlier this week. Starry Nights on the board here. We've got uh, I want to say Tappy has a few of these. Yep, there's Tappy, um, and we've also got you know Rudy and a few others. Pablo Picasso. So 
definitely looks like to be a potential rising star candidate. Have you been following Grant? Well, I, I, I don't pay much. I don't, I like these, you know, um, I think it's cool, but I haven't been paying attention. You know, again, I don't like the sort of double digit price tag. One of ones is just not something I pay much attention to, but, um, you know, I, if I, I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily be looking to sell if I had one either, though. I, I'd be down to ride this wave. I will say one thing that kind of attracted me to his pieces is that the four was the, the prices were more approachable. So they were going for, you know, two to five ETH last year, um, which is a much more, you know, approachable price point for, for folks who had built up some NFT, you know, bankrolls over the last year or two. Um, but especially compared with other, you know, artists like Cyrilide Dan Guiz, ACK, whose pieces are going for 60 to 100 ETH a pop, right? So this is a bit more approachable, but I'll be curious for how long, you know, the, the, the price points stay this low, but we'll certainly be following Grant Yoon on, on his journey here. All right, well, let's, let's quickly go through the floors. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on these. There really wasn't a whole lot of movement this week. I'll do a few at the top. Um, Board Apes are sitting at 93, down about 7% on the week. Kong's Genesis, even at 90. Punk's at 66, like we mentioned. They're basically showing even on the seven-day. Uh, we've got mutant apes now below 20 uh, at down 11% on the week. Clone X at 14.5, basically chopped, and Doodles 13.3. So really, basically an even week here. Um, so not not a whole lot to talk about. Pretty similar in the art blocks world as well. Fidenza's up top, um, actually at 58. That's the lowest floor that I recall seeing for Fidenza's in a while, down 18%. So someone must have listed an undercut here uh, in the last few days. And then we've got Elevateds at 45 and Ringers at 42, basically even. And then the next tier, Unigrids at 14, Archetypes at 13.6, again, basically even on the week. We do have a new curated drop coming up on Monday. Uh, I'll just do a, a quick highlight. It's called Entre Tiempos. It's uh, from, I haven't had a chance to do a ton of research on this one. You know. Seems like a Spanish artist, Marcelo Soria Rodriguez. And then, you know, there's a, a fairly in-depth uh, description of the project. And I'll, I'll let folks go through that at their own leisure. It's got it's another Dutch auction starting at five, going to the, the final point of point one ETH, which is important because Monday's curated auction did get down to the final price of point one, which is the first time we've seen that level in several months. I do believe it was a gas war. It was around a 0 0.25, 0 0.3 effective mint price with gas. Um, yeah, I think for curated, you're better off going at 0.2 because if it hits 0.1, it, just because it's curated, it's going to be 0.2 anyway or higher with gas. So um, this is something for me, honestly, I don't even pay attention to Artbox a lot of the time, but here, again, if it gets low 0 0.2 0 0.3 potentially depending where people are, are buying at i could see hopping in but i think that like you know north of one eth is, is it's getting a little dicier in in the curated world whereas before that was just if the curated floor was one right so you could buy at one ETH no problem um you just got to use a little more caution here but i think at the low end if it, if it gets near the end of the sale 
I, I like the risk reward here. I mean, didn't Gazers get, go really cheap and then they moved? Yeah, I mean, Gazers is the best long shot example uh, from the last few months, but it went down to 0.25 and sits yeah. around eight. Yeah. Right so if it's 0.25, you're, what's your downside around there? It's it's not horrible given if it's an arc box curated, you know, that, that should, that carries it still enough weight that like, 0.2 to 0.3 type of range. I don't think you're. I don't think you're really risking a whole lot. And then you you do have the random. This gets hot and moves kind of upside. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think anytime you can get a curated for below 0.3, it's probably a, a good investment. It's because to your point, a whale can always come in. The whole curated can get swept back to one. Um, so that would never shock yeah. me. So that's an upcoming drop. There's a couple more I wanted to quickly touch on. Um, so we've got a project called Serial Club that is coming up on the 15th. Um, really, the, the primary reason I wanted to highlight this project is because they've got an innovative new minting style. Uh, so they, they're using a whitelist, but they're doing a Dutch auction first uh, for, I, I want to say, like 25 to 30% of the supply. And then they're, they're doing a whitelist in the middle at 50% of the final Dutch auction resting price. So a nice discount for the whitelisters and then a public sale following the whitelist period, which will also be at the, the final Dutch auction price as I understand it. Um, so it's interesting to see the new, you know, the, the new mint styles, uh, certainly to see a little bit of innovation there. I'll be curious to watch how the market reacts to that. It's, it'll be the first time we've really seen something like that. Um, but I think my, my struggle with this one is I see that the art here and it just feels like a derivative to me yeah. right off the bat. And it's hard for me to take I, it seriously. It's, I think it was a big mistake, right? Especially if you have these innovative mechanisms and you basically have copycat art. Uh, like obviously this is heavily influenced by doodles um i don't mind like i think it's kind of cool the cereal the heads with cereal right like um i would like to see the head the face and bodies not just be like a straight up doodles ripoff uh that really sort of sours me on this project yeah i, I had the same reaction you know i i think it's a cool concept i think the concept could could absolutely have worked and done well and it, it still probably will like it's going to mint out like there, there's plenty of hype behind it but when the, the primary artwork is the is the rainbow squiggle puke, like that's so iconic for doodles. Yeah, that's a mistake. They fucked yeah. up in my opinion. All right, so we'll be watching that one. But then the last product I want to highlight here uh, is the Invisible Friends. Um, so this project may have as much hype or more leading up to the, the mint of any project ever. So we see 449,000 followers here on Twitter. Uh, this actually does feel more organic to me. This doesn't come across as, you know, going out and, and buying followers in, in huge amounts. And I'll get to my reasoning behind that in a bit. But I'm going to show their website to give folks just a glimpse of the art style. So it's similar to that DK motion animated walking character style here um so and, and of course the characters are invisible you know along with the invisible friends theme um we haven't seen too many you know of the animated pfp type characters so it's got that going for it 
um, you know, the DK motion uh, collection that precedes this certainly did pretty well. And folks are thinking about, you know, Twitter has promised to incorporate GIFs or motion in PFPs in the future. So I think folks are looking to that. So that's some of, of the bull case behind this. The, the market seems to be responding to the art. This project is, we'll scroll down to the, art, the artist. It's Marcus Magnuson and then Random Character Collective. Um, so it's this larger brand behind these. And I'm gonna go to their Twitter page um, just briefly. We'll see in the top right, a few of these other characters. So there's two other projects in Random Characters Collective. It's the Slim Hoods um, and the Mood Rollers. And the reason those two are important is the Invisible Friends whitelist requires holding uh, those NFTs essentially to qualify. Uh, so as I understand it, there's about 2,300 whitelist spots. Um, and the number, the more NFTs that you hold, the, the higher likelihood that you're going to get on that. And there's actually a Dune dashboard for it. Um, so each NFT you hold from those two is considered a point. So it looks like there's 111 wallets who have five NFTs or more of the Slim Hoods or Mood Rollers, about 1270 with four, and then another 950 with who are holding three of the NFTs. So that gets us to the whitelist right there. So it looks like you're gonna have to have three of those or more to make it. Um, why is that important? Well, the floor is like two to 2.5 ETH on those projects, which is putting the projected floor for Invisible Friends somewhere at six to 7.5 ETH out of the gate. And I think that's where some concern is in the market right now. Like with any product that's come out that high <coughs> has been down only. Um, so yeah. I've said a lot, I'm, I'm curious for your reaction, your, your take on Invisible Friends. I like them, like compared to something like Hate Beast or like Mechaverse, if you're talking about the projects that come out uh, with that six to eight kind of price tag, I think these are way better. Um, you know, it's interesting, you have the artist and then paired with essentially a, a company that can do the marketing and obviously they're good at marketing. And so I think that there's good synergies there, um, like in terms of, of this project. Personally, I'm out. Uh, on these at uh, at this um, price level, but I think the way to play it is to get in um, earlier. Like we have a friend who bought a bunch of the slim rollers, mood things, whatever, at like way cheaper because he saw he, like he saw the invisible friends and like thought to do that. That was a great play. Then I'd be grinding Discord, you know, grinding uh, Twitter or whatever. Uh, to try and get on the whitelist. But for me, I'm just going to stay away. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a high entry point for sure. So I'll probably be passing at that. Um, I don't think it's any you know downside to, to the Invisible Friends team, right? I don't think they should be at fault necessarily for, you know, such a projected high price point. I, I will say a potential play here is the Slim Hoods and Mid Rollers are going to dump after this whitelist. Right? Yeah. They, they went from... 0.2 all the way to 2e so they've 10x people are going to sell those off after this mint but i think those nfts will be important for future releases from this this group and this brand what could be smart is buying that dip then right like let 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 the uh 
after the whitelist, they're going to, those might, they might hit back to 0.2, you know, or whatever, 0.4, 0.5. And then if you could grab them, you know, for some exposure to this project, uh, I, I mean, for me, I like these, but I'm not just like, oh my God, I need to have this, especially at six plus ETH. So I'm, I'm more just, I'll watch it. I, 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 nothing is going to surprise me here. Like if it goes, if it crashes, I'm not surprised. If it, if it goes on a run, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm with you. And we've got a little bit more time to, to game plan. So this mint is going to be February 23rd, I believe. So we'll check back in on this project before the go live. But Brett, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us here with uh, a few technical difficulties on the show today. But thanks for, thanks for joining. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Go cool. Bengals. Yeah. Uh, to our listeners and viewers, as always, thanks for tuning in. You can join us next Tuesday as we break down the weekend action and NFTs. Till then, stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.